0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Scott Cluthie's Love Cafe. Join us for the best in relationships, family, health, well-being, spirituality, intuitive development, the future, and the past. All present in the Love Cafe. The Love Cafe call in line 347-308-8478. That's 347 347- Three zero eight eight four seven eight, and now Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. And good Thursday afternoon to you, wherever you're listening across America and around the world. Time for Love Cafe. Your host Scott Cluthy. Hope you're having a great day, or uh, hope it's not too miserable, and you can make it better. Of course, just turn that frown upside down because that's what a smile is, right? <laughs> Uh, even on a Twitter feed, if you hold it upside down. I don't know about that. Well, the big day's coming. That's right. Ta- no, not tax day, Scott. No. Valentine's Day. That's right. The day that decided to arrive before my birthday. The day before my birthday. I was born on President's Day. So I guess I was a present. I was very president for my parents. Okay, enough of that. Right. We have a great show today. It's all about love, romance, and what goes on in between, the, not just the sheets, but between your your cerebral cortex, and the bottoms of the soles of your feet, your biochemistry, and so much more. It's a a woman who has so much to share. In a great book, the paperback edition is out now, Men Chase, Women Choose. I've seen that. I resemble that remark. Men Chase, Mm -hmm. Women Choose, the neuroscience of meeting, dating, losing your mind, and finding true love. It is Dawn Maslard. Dawn, welcome to the Love Cafe.
1: Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I couldn't think of a more appropriate guest here I have right before Hearts and Flowers, <laughs> before Tears and, and Cheers and Jeers, right? <laughs> Two years Absolutely. later, they say. <laughs> we'll talk about that more. I want to invite my listeners out there, by the way. The first caller with a, with a question or comment for Dawn Live on the air, I'm going to give them my copy of the book because I have another one.
1: Cool.
0: The workings of the deal, as they say, and much more. She's an award-winning author an adjunct biology professor and go-to authority on the science of love. She's voted one of the top 20 most followed dating experts on Twitter. We know what that is now, right? Everybody better know what Twitter is. And the best 28 dating, marriage, and relationship blogs in the U.K., Uh, To follow back in 2015, she's a contributing author to scienceofrelationship.com, a collection of leading experts in the field of scientific relationship research, and she has done her due diligence. She's a TEDx speaker on how your brain falls in love. Let's just hope your wallet doesn't fall too far behind, ladies included. Now, since they make more than men most of the time, if because why they work twice as hard. That's why. She's her work has been featured in South Florida Today, Pittsburgh Tribune, the NPR, and of course Love Cafe Radio. It's just outstanding. Uh, Don, uh, thank you and welcome to the show. And how are you on Valentine's Day approaching?
1: I am doing fantastic. How are you?
0: Do you have the love of your life now? Are you? Are you? Uh, are you? Are you? Um, now engaged to be married. I don't really know because I didn't get all the way through the book. So how does this 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 uh, soap opera end here?
1: I'm just kidding. I've been in a relationship for ten years.
0: Look at you, long term person. Look.
1: <laughs>
0: Good, you know. But it it started off a little rocky. In fact, uh, Dawn, Dawn has a was a was a used to pop wheelies for love, didn't you, Dawn? Tell us a little. <laughs> Tell us a little about your yeah, dirt biking days. Because that's a good story, Dawn. Was, <laughs> People love stories.
1: <laughs> it was actually a motorcycle. It was not just a dirt bike. Um, it was a motorcycle. And I was, uh, okay. I, I was an adjunct, or I was actually a full-time professor, and I was attracted to the bad boy biker. I was attracted to the completely mm-hmm. wrong man for me. It was like a bad boy mm-hmm. biker who was in the band. So like I'd teach it during the day, and at night I'd try to follow his band. And it was working well until we got engaged to somebody else. And I kind of realized that I was doing something wrong. Um, And I started working on myself. And that led to my first book. And when I started doing workshops with other women, um, they kept asking the same questions coming up. Like, how does love work? And what are the rules for love? And how long are you supposed to wait to have sex? And all those types of things. And I was like, you know, I'm a scientist. I'm a researcher. I should be able to figure (laughs) this out. I'm going to I'm going to go back and start researching this, and I'll come back in a couple weeks and tell you the answers. Unfortunately, I didn't know it would take five years, but uh, oh, not
0: <laughs> that part. Instant gratification, <laughs> yeah, I, right? Five years.
1: Well, it, unfortunately, <laughs> thanks to uh, thanks to um, one of the senators, uh, William Proxmire, back yes, in the '70s,
0: the Golden Fleets Award.
1: Correct. You know what the first one went to?
0: Yes, uh, the uh, the the research into why people fall in love.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so I've been in news a long time. Became, <laughs> researching love became a kind of a third rail. No scientist wanted to do it because it could end his career. So for about twenty years, nobody really looked into the science of love. It's only been in the past 20 that we really see more research being done.
0: Exactly. I mean, of if any, if any quantifiable in consequence, right, besides anecdotal. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about exactly. your methodology before we go into all the ins and outs here. What is it about the work that you've done and, of course, the respected shoulders of those whose research you've worked with as well that makes this a, a, a more um, – a more accurate reflection of the, not just, of course, the love, but the process, the biochemical, the neurological, the process, and how how accurate is that template that you've created in your mind, Dawn, as far as men and women?
1: Well, basically, when you look at love, most people think it's one thing. It's either you're in love or you're not. And what I discovered is that there's actually four different distinct phases. And these are neurological phases. So, like, the first one is attraction, which really has nothing to do with love. It's just basically getting your attention. Then the, the second stage is where you build up the neurotransmitters to fall in love. And you may fall in love and you may not as, a, as the neurotransmitters for men and for women. And then the third stage, which is similar to both men and women, is falling in love. And that is where we see... Uh, I call it temporary insanity because of what happens to your brain. Parts deactivate, neurotransmitters go haywire, and that lasts for a given period of time. And then after that period of time, we move into a phase called true love, and we see a shift in the activity in the brain. And it actually starts occupying places that were deactivated when you first fell in love. Um, And everybody that's been in a relationship, a long-term happy relationship kind of shows the same patterns. They share neural connections with other types of love, such as unconditional love and parental love. It actually actually shares neural connections with morals and ethics too, which is kind of interesting. So um, those are the four distinct phases, and that's why my work is a little bit different because most people are kind of they talk about like, uh, anecdotal love or how to find love, but I kind of walk you through the different phases. And as you are in a in a particular phase in your life you can kind of identify and it will help you get to the next phase if you want if you choose to go there.
0: Mhm. Uh, what are what are some uh, possible I'm not saying probable but possible mitigators of of that uh that love chart uh gender identification bisexuality well- Injury, personal uh, inability financially to to be in a position to even f- facilitate or reciprocate in a relationship. Well, not that financially, has any, you know what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes you yeah. just don't have yeah. the wherewithal or let's say the burden of a former, not a burden, Scott, wrong word since you're a parent. Having lots of children from a previous relationship, Do these things? Can are these factors any part of this, or are you just talking the raw uh, basics of a template of all other things being equal,
1: this is how it works? Telling you how it works, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not a smooth transition. So, yes, all those things come into play. Also, addiction, uh, tra- past trauma, Childhood trauma, such as divorce, even something like that, can, can trip up the path to love. Yes. Um, and and yes. it was interesting, interesting. I did a TEDx talk, and I did it with a woman who was, tra- or a, I guess she's a man who's transitioning to a woman. So right. How she would fall in love is going to be different in the beginning than it would be from the end of that transition. So fascinating. It, it's a bunch of. It's a bunch of different uh a bunch of different things can come into play, and so can things like uh medications, even though they're they they're, they're well we know
0: we, we know pharmaceuticals come into play every day out on the freeways that's for damn sure
1: <laughs> right right and one of the interesting right. things that happens is if you when you fall in love, your serotonin level drops, so if you're on a serotonin uptake inhibitor, it may uh, sort that process.
0: Interesting. So, so, so when you open up the box of chocolates, it say, "Warning, may may inhibit your inhibitors."
1: <laughs> may inhibit yes. May. Inhibit you can use your, that. Uh, it's okay. I give these things away morphine.
0: every day. There's good. Yeah. Okay. I'm good for okay. a few okay. every right show.
1: <laughs> yeah, there
0: you could just remember the link goes back to my show, not yours. <laughs> okay. You got I it. need more listeners. I need more listeners, Dawn. I need love.
1: Please <laughs> you need in more love. love.
0: Cafe. More love in a love cafe. I have two shih tzus and a darling wife. That's a lot actually. I got my hands full, believe me. Um so okay, so uh how does this neurosis I mean process begin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it all begins so, with attraction.
0: Doesn't men it tell? and
1: women, men and women are attracted to, to slightly different things. Men are more. I like attracted legs. More... No, I
0: mean women. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that's a good point because men are more visually attracted. Men have I know. 25% more. You have 25% more neurons in your visual cortex. You place more emphasis See? on the way a person looks.
0: That's right, ladies. We're not staring. We're trying to focus.
1: And you're Thank looking you. for characteristics you're looking for characteristics of health and reprodu- reproduction um so you look for the same type of characteristics a so thin waist and ample bosom is that why guys marry women that look like hair. your
0: ex? Oh, I'm sorry, I
1: didn't oh mean no to go there. no, that's different well,
0: you said characteristics the reason wh- <laughs> I
1: can't help there's it. there's a reason why you marry somebody there's a reason why you marry somebody like your ex because we are, we are attracted to somebody of, it's a combination of opposite and familiar. So we are attracted to people that are familiar. So you're more likely to marry somebody like your ex, but also you're more likely to marry somebody like your opposite sex parent. If you like your opposite sex parent. So the, the closer you are, the more likely your next relationship will resemble that person.
0: So, if my mom and I had a really great and close close relationship, the comp- the compulsion is at some level to find someone that sort of simulates or uh, simulates the things I found attractive about my mother as a son to a mother. Correct. Like Woody Allen films. And
1: I, right? And I and I would be for I, a man very similar to my father.
0: Did he like Woody Allen films?
1: I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> and, and neither, neither does my boyfriend. So we're all good. <laughs> Got that? Did you?
0: I didn't lose you. I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> And uh, now I can hear you. <laughs> Not sure what oh, happened. Sorry
1: about that. <laughs>
0: so does he ride a motorcycle? Are you still in the motorcycles?
1: He has one. He doesn't ride it that much.
0: Ah, okay. Other things. Okay. Other,
1: yeah.
0: It's a museum piece, yeah.
1: Right, right. Exactly.
0: Like my, like 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 my guitars.
1: Well, you know, that's one of the one of the attraction things. If you do a single's profile, holding a guitar can enhance your attraction. Women are attracted to that.
0: Well, I'm left-handed. so There's that. That's always a surprise. <laughs>
1: and then there's that. <laughs> and then there's that little weird thing.
0: Continue forward, Doctor.
1: Okay. Um, so, we were talking about attraction, and we talked about Familiar, but we're also uh, also attracted to opposite. And what we find is that we're attracted to opposite immune systems. So women are attracted to something called major histocompatibility complex, and that is the opposite of immune system, which makes biological sense because if you had children from this union, they would have a better complement of immune cells and they would be um, more healthy. So that's that's attraction. Um, And there's you're attracted by your five senses. So your eyes, your nose, your, your ears. We're going to listen to voices that we like better. And we also, mm-hmm. your environment can have a a play. So if you're, they did a study where they were holding a hot cup of coffee and they found the thing was more generous in um, friendly when you're holding coffee as opposed to a cold drink. So it, it's always best to do your first date in a coffee shop and get them to buy a nice warm drink.
0: Which, you know, uh, i don't know why, but i guess it's black history month so i'm gonna i'm gonna mention this you know a biracial coupling was taboo when I was growing up
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was a long time ago i'm gonna be sixty five in a week less than Boy. <clears throat> there that was a very i mean I don't think we even on the air base cause my dad was a lifer in the air force and I loved it cause everybody, I didn't even know all these things that people had against each other cause we were all just in the air force. You know what I mean? Everybody was mm-hmm. so equal. It what really was America. Um, but then you grow up and you start to get educated and then you find out about people's, um, um, identity and you find out about people's bias and their racial biases and so on. And, uh, Is that one of the compelling reasons why, as those biases, societal control mechanisms, you might say, you know what I mean? You can't and you shouldn't and you better not and it's illegal and all that and less dramatics. As those fall away, then the natural inclinations of the DNA take over and those things are not barriers any longer. It's more about the attraction of the man-woman. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Does that become –
1: Absolutely, yes. Good. Mm-hmm. interesting yeah so you do, you do get to 10 you're not going to you're going to be mostly that's the thing it's like you're most attracted to somebody of opposite immune systems so you're going to be probably attracted to somebody on the opposite side of the world now historically right. you would have a lot of problems with that because you couldn't get there you had language barriers but today now you have the language barriers have come down some bit you can travel to the other side of the world so we're going to see a lot more diversity when it comes to um people linking up and coupling up and having children um, so yeah it's one of the and we do see it obviously we do
0: yeah yeah that used to be that uh, a, a, a sort of a a punchline on a joke was uh, men getting mail order brides from asia but it's actually uh, having to do with a connection to a culture and that component you still got to be in- enamored of the person you're speaking with, and I've met some interesting couples who didn't know each other except via long, long distances, and it turned out they were accurate, mm-hmm. well,
1: which, you know, is surprising.
0: You know, we think about walking around the corner and finding someone or meeting someone, you know, or web-based right. dating. I met my wife on a website. It was a very strange thing.
1: Why is it strange? Was it a strange thing? Because
0: website? I didn't think that would ever happen. That's why. I mean, for me.
1: Oh. Well, you ever it's thought find love all, you love? It's not strange at all.
0: Love is strange. That's what's the song, right? Sylvia and... I think so. That was a long time ago. It's not sorry. strange
1: anymore. I can tell you how it works now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is, a, this is a great show, folks. Uh, Dawn Masler, her new book it's actually out in paperback now, Men Chase, Women Choose, The Neuroscience of Meeting, Dating, Losing Your Mind, and Finding True Love. I've already lost mine from HCI, that's Health Communications, Inc. They put out a lot of great books over the many decades I've connected with them. It's H E I com. But Dawn, what's your website?
1: It's my name. It's Dawn Masler, D-A-W-N-M-A-S-L-A-R dot com.
0: Are you still doing you the coaching? Me.
1: I do. I do coaching. Um, I I do a thing called. I do a, a lot of different things. I do a show called The Great Love Experiment, where I um, I do on college campuses, and um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a bunch of variety of of fun stuff. And I still do seminars. I've got one coming up tonight, and um, that's probably it. Writing, yeah. I'm doing uh, probably way too much. <laughs> I'm juggling <laughs> my schedule right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's <laughs>
0: uh, let's talk about those that two-year cycle and and how, what's the major turning point in your mind where we move from the affin- the affinity, the attraction, the compulsion to And you talk about this, the deciding point, you know what I mean, where I'm going to commit to this love. I'm going to commit to this person. I'm going to make a go of this. I'm not just like over Mm -hmm. this or, you know, yes, you snore, but that's okay, that part.
1: Well, usually that the commitment becomes before you find out about their snoring, hopefully. Um, Because once you find out about their snoring, sometimes the barn door is already closed for a man to fall in love that's usually it occurs at that commitment time um and we would that's usually at the point of exclusivity and then hopefully that's before you really be coming to the point where you're sleeping over but you could be that's what drops his testosterone and that's what causes him to fall in love for a woman again of course the sexuality helps her to fall in love it can also, she can fall in love without sex. It's more like cuddling, kissing, learning to trust mm-hmm. him. So you, but can what fall are, in you know, it's funny. Ex-
0: I don't make a habit of reading Dear Abby, but although I have in the past when I got my paper daily, um, and I read about these stories, uh, both men and women, about, well, we've been going out a long time. We seem to love each other and all that, and we're thinking, but we, we haven't had sexual relations, um, what about sexual relations? And what what does the actual act of, of having uh, true sexual relations with someone, how does that change the equation?
1: Well, for a woman, she's more likely to fall in love after sex, but you don't have to have a sexual relationship to fall in love. That's the interesting part. For a woman, you just... End. To, you can have um, build up oxytocin over social media. So you're just talking to the guy, getting used to being around him, chatting with him a lot, you can actually fall in love. And for the guy, as long as he's got a few pictures of you, he can fall in love. He's basically visual and he needs sexual stimulation. Um, and it's also one of the reasons why, uh, I hate to say this, but if, if you ever go to a strip bar, you'll see these guys that are completely enamored with the women because he's He's getting close, but he never reaches. So he ends up falling in love, and now he's stuck, and he's going back week after week after week, uh, bringing her money.
0: Yeah, that's stuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. pretty. For, stuck. for about two years. For about two years. Wow. Uh, go to the well again, again, again huh? huh? Okay. Yep.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Money can't buy you love, they said, right? Um, well Yeah. What uh what's the uh what's the earliest dawn that you've discovered that two people actually had fell in love and stayed together as partners that wasn't like because mama's gotta chop wood or something. You know what I mean? We're in a we're in a time where at least in most of the Western culture you have that self actualization, you choose love and have love for different reasons than to procreate and make sure somebody's there to bundle the hay.
1: Okay, so if you fall in love within the first week, you it's probably causing trouble. It's you're spelled trouble. My my poster child is Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. They met and married within 96 <laughs> hours. So they, it was like a three-day weekend, and then yeah. they were married. Boom. And that was an <laughs> on-again, off-again relationship because they misinterpreted norepinephrine for love. And norepinephrine is a fight-or-flight uh, no, uh, neurotransmitter. So in order to keep it going, you have to create drama. So after the three years, he ended up, Tommy spent the last four months of their marriage in lockup, in the county jail because of domestic violence. So if it's within the first week and you're saying, I love you, let's get married, I wouldn't do it. Uh, what I discovered is probably between one and two months, if you're in that time period, you're better off. And actually, the longer you wait to really kind of get to know the person, the better off you are before you really allow yourself to fall in love because remember I said your parts of your brain shut down so or deactivate. The, you, as you're getting to know them, you're, you're getting to know them with your full brain, um, and that's, that's what you really need. And that's one of the reasons why after about two years, if you've been with somebody, I know some of your listeners have probably been through this, where they thought they were in love, and then all of a sudden after a while they're like they start noticing things that they hadn't noticed before, like that's when they snore, or that's you know, they leave their clothes on the floor and they didn't notice that before. and It becomes really irritating because now your critical judgment returns. So, if you can date them for as long as possible before you make that commitment, uh, particularly for marriage the better the better you're going to be
0: hmm. yeah good point uh, What are people gaining by picking up the book uh, and 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 working with it here in fact what what value will they gain between now and, you know, the 14th? Because there's going to – you know how it is. There's always a lot of first dates on Valentine's Day. People get up the courage, mostly men. Um, and so what insights can men gain about women and can women gain about men by picking up a copy of Men Chase Woman, Women Choose and reading reading some of it this weekend?
1: Um uh- they can gain a lot. Actually, you know, the funny thing is Amazon lower the price. I think it's less than $2 right now for the book. I don't know how they're doing oh, it. Oh, whoa. $1.97. So I don't, I'm not sure. I think it's a Day present for everybody. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. But what they can, what they gain is an understanding. So a lot of times people get, get scared. They get nervous when they're trying to, right. to find love and they don't, they want to have answers like, is this normal? So they'll understand what's normal. One, for example, one woman I talked to was telling me this story about she met this guy, and the guy pulled back. And when he pulled back, she became really clingy, and next thing you know, the relationship's over. And she's like, what happened? And when, what I told her is that pulling back is normal for a guy, especially when he's about to fall in love, because that drop in testosterone causes him to pause. He has to really decide if he wants that. The problem is if she gets really clingy, it's too, it's too much for him. He's like, no, this is obviously not the right person, so he's going to pull off. If she had just had the book, read it, didn't worry about it, you know, did what she needed to do to take care of herself, he would have come back and probably asked her to, let's go to the next level, and she'd be in the relationship now. That, those are, what you've gained from the book is actually potentially lifelong love.
0: Yes, and, and uh, we'll talk about more about that when we come back from the break. But I want to remind listeners, my guest is Dawn Masler, M-A-S-L-A-R, and that's her website, D-A-W-N, Dawn, like the breaking of, Dawn Masler, M-A-S-L-A-R, com, and uh, published by HCI Books, Men Chase, Women Choose, The Neuroscience of Meeting, Dating, Losing Your Mind, and Finding True Love. And so... uh, so, yeah you stay with us, and we'll be back after the break. It's about two minutes, okay? Yep. Good deal. It is the Love Cafe. Your host, Scott Pluthy. The call-in line is 347-308-8478. Give me a call. We'll make it a date. This is Scott Pluthy. We'll be right back with more from the Love Cafe. Don't forget our call-in line, 347-308-8478. And visit the Love Café on Facebook. Just look for Scott Pluthy's Love Café. We'll be right back. Hi, Scott Cluthie, host and producer of Love Café Radio and Love Café Video and other media as well. Glad you're listening tonight. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio show? Well, as a graduate of Coach University and a professional broadcaster over 30 years, I can guide you to your dreams of having your own talk show that sounds professional and is professional. Every aspect of your show, from the scripting to the concept to the execution, you'll be a professional in broadcasting after working with me, either on a monthly basis for long-term or short-term, to increase or improve your abilities as a broadcaster and do better programming, attract a larger audience, and even more quality guests because of the quality and professionalism of your broadcasting. I'd like to help you. Give me a call, 832 846 5270, or write to me at Scott at And let's have a conversation about you becoming the potential radio star that's there within you today. Thanks. Welcome back to The Love Cafe with Scott Cluthie. Our call in line, 347 308 8478 for tonight's guest. Glad to have you in the Love Cafe. Now, Scott Cluthy and the Love Cafe. Welcome, dear listeners out there to Love Cafe. Your host, Scott Cluthy. A little programming note, Monday the 13th, right before Valentine's. We have a very special guest. It's Dr. Carmen Hara. Dr. Hara is a a psychologist. She's a family practitioner. She's a very gifted intuitive. She uh, is the author of about 14 books, won awards in Europe for her singing, actually, before she even came and escaped from Romania with her family, running from the Nazis. And uh, Dr. Carmen Hara and I are old buddies. She's going to be on here live Monday, taking your personal questions and comments about your love forecast, what's in the stars for you as far as what's Carmen picking up or any other situations in your life. Maybe it's your love of getting a new job or getting the hell out of town. Who knows? But all that and more, Monday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, live with Dr. Carmen Hara as we have another love feast right now, it's great to celebrate love, authentic love, finding and keeping, maintaining and creating the love that you say you want. With my guest, Don Masler. Uh, Don, welcome back to Love Cafe. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure. Her book, Men Chase, Women Choose, out in paperback now. As she was saying, there's got some special deals over Amazon on the book. You can go find it there. And her website is Dawn Masler. That's M A S L A R D A W N M A S L A R dot com. The Neuroscience of Meeting, Dating, Losing Your Mind, and Finding True Love. What is the uh uh Dawn, what are, in your mind, what is the, the is there a science behind and the psychology behind the fact that we have a 50% divorce rate, and then when people remarry again, you think, well, you know, it's like taking algebra. I had to take it twice, and then I got straight A's. But that doesn't seem to be the case with most people with committed long-term or what we call marriage, because a lot of people now long-term is equal in their mind to marriage. I'll leave it at that. But those relationships not working out at to an even lesser degree. What is that? What is the psychology? What's the biochemistry of that? Is there one?
1: There is so once you fall in love, your brain returns, and once your brain returns, love moves into I said the prefrontal cortex, the frontal part of your brain. Now the problem is it, it will stay there as long as you're practicing being loving and uh, morals and ethics, and all in compassion. When you're practicing all those things, the enemy for love is stress. So as you as you know, children come in and jobs and your parents get sick, and all these things start happening, it causes you to become more stressed. And when that cortisol level rises, it can actually sever the connections to that part of the brain. It severs the connections to love. And it basically moves the activity back into the center of the brain that's concerned with yourself, Or your selfish part. It's also concerned yeah. with you know, basic needs. So that's why we stress eat and eat have affairs and those types of things because uh, that's what's being triggered at this moment.
0: I, so, I, I don't – yes, go ahead.
1: Uh, so the, the the stress is really what kind of causes the problems. So if we – if and it also causes the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that sounds the alarm, to um, right. sound the alarm, increases the anxiety, level and that has been shut down when you first fell in love but that also comes back and it can be a, kind of alarming
0: like bells and whistles going off eh
1: exactly danger it's Will Robinson danger exactly the attention returns and the alarm goes off the anxiety increases <laughs> and you start thinking I must have made a mistake this must not be the one which is I made a
0: mistake also, oops
1: yep yeah. <laughs> And then you go you go for, try to find another one and repeat the same mistake because you don't understand the way love works.
0: What's going on when people claim that they love someone totally, they love them, can't live without them, and then they cheat on them? What's that besides being a liar, a sack of, you know?
1: Well, I think that probably has to do more with stress too because we, we, we have... Unfortunately, I think our... Society has a poor lack of coping skills. So as and we also have a high degree of stress. So as the stress increases, we can go back to maladapted coping skills. And maybe those you're going to feel better when you have a sexual relationship that's exciting that's on the side. You're going to feel better if you're eating a half a gallon of hagen You're going to feel better for that moment, but not later on. Um, so oh, you, yeah. you're going to feel better you're going to feel better when you buy that new dress that you're never going to wear. But, you know, so do all those things that are kind of maladaptive, you know, things that are help you feel better about yourself, but it doesn't really address the issue that can cause, uh, that can be part of it. So that's why a guy would be like, or a girl goes, I'm having an affair, but I really do love my husband. Because technically they think they do, um, but they're just, they just don't know how to deal with their stress issues. Yeah.
0: You opened the book, uh, Dawn, talking about a woman who uh found a love of her life, you know, and then a year later she like, I found the love of my life and I don't know what's wrong with me, Dawn, but a month later, I found the love of my life. You know, we used to talk about uh the Wendy and Peter Pan effect, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and and so is there a is there some kind of circular loop in people either through upbringing and decision making and or biology or psychology that has them only want to ride the crest of the wave not realizing that that's all that is is a crest of a wave you know it's not the a wave also then collapses down and then it rises again and then it collapses down and hopefully it creates a joins with other waves, waves and becomes a really large wave called L O B E and it's a continuum then, and it moves through the ocean. What about people who are addicted to that first rush up the wave? You know, a one-year yes. cycle, maybe yes. max.
1: Well, usually it's less than that. So either you, what, there's, there's two different cycles. There's the really month-after-month month cycle, and then there's the two-year cycle, usually about two-year cycle. So the month-after-month month cycle is just norepinephrine. That's attraction. So the person feels the butterflies, the dilated pupils, the sweaty palms. They think that's love. They jump into a relationship. The stress builds up, and their amygdala goes off because that's what happens in that initial one, and they've got to break free. They've got to break it off because it's, like, too intense. Oof, it's mm-hmm. over. You know, something happened, and they, you know, oh, he, he turned out to not be right. And then the other one is where you actually fall in love and your brain shuts down and you're okay for about two years and then your brain comes back and you go, oh, maybe I made a mistake because now critical judgment returns, your amygdala comes back, you start feeling the stress of, or the, the alarm starts going off that hadn't been going off before and you go, oh, this can't be right. Um, and, and you don't realize that this, basically what true love, When I call true love is, is when your whole brain comes back. And that's where you take what you've learned when you fell in love. I think that Mother Nature created falling in love as kind of a uh, training cycle. What you learn, you learn not to be selfish. You learn to be kind. You learn to be non-judgmental. And then when your brain comes back, you start practicing that. In fact, the research shows that couples that stay in long-term relationships, the only thing they have in common is that ability to maintain positive illusions of the other. In other words, they keep looking for the good in the other person and not focusing on the bad.
0: What do you see as the role of um, the overuse, the overstimulant, if you the stimulants, if you will, of social media and people who seem to live on their phone and in Facebook and all these things? And does that tend to, because what I notice is that people are a lot more brittle and a lot more opinionated than they were before because nobody told you everything about everything they don't like like they do now, especially something you posted. And then, uh, how does that pertain to uh the shortness of relationships or lack thereof?
1: Um, well, we do get some a woman can get some oxytocin out of social media, so it actually can be good for her because you don't want your whole source to be one one source of uh, oxytocin, so if it's just focused on the relationship, uh, it can feel it can put it in danger. So if he pulls away, she can feel like, hey, he's, he's pulled away and uh, starts getting panicky. But if she's got other friends and, and other community, then she'll be okay. I mean, it won't, it won't affect her as much. Men um, also, each time, like when your phone goes off, that little ding, when you get something posted, that, that gives you a click of a little dopamine, so that can become a little exciting and it becomes more exciting than your relationship, then you may have some issues. So I can see where in some people that the the, uh, other person is like, hey, you're paying more attention to my phone. It's like, well, yeah, the phone right now is a little more exciting. All that really means, though, is that you need to get out and do some fun stuff with each other.
0: What about the involvement with people who just aren't good people? I mean, you know, I mean, it's not saying Whoa. your first biker yeah, yeah. love who told you he'd just gotten engaged to be married on the phone when you called after having an accident with you standing in the middle of an intersection with a lady who hit you with her silver Chrysler or whatever it was, that <laughs> you, you know your prince couldn't get there because he just got engaged, but pretty close exactly. to that. Exactly. What about what are the warning signs, Dawn, for men and for women? Of you know, don't step another step into this. You're going to give your heart away, or you're going to make a a commitment and end up being hurt needlessly.
1: Well, the big thing was I was chasing him, and usually men, and women, well, men don't fall in love that way. They don't fall in love by being chased. He has to chase them in order for his neurotransmitters to increase. I didn't realize it at the time, so I was like, why isn't this guy paying any attention to me? Um, and that's so I was putting myself in that situation where I kept trying to chase him, and I was putting myself to get hurt. So if a woman understands that, she's not going to get hurt like I did. Um, I survived, <laughs> and it actually was a great blessing in my life because it helped push me in this direction. Um, but, right. that, I think that's the that's the real key from that situ- particular situation.
0: Interesting. Um, what about uh, May, December? Uh, the reality of it too often is about okay. financial okay. strings, but there are many relationships that, you know, is there, in your mind, I mean, I'm not saying all the time, but is there any ring past not or is there are there other compulsions at work, regardless of the gender? A man
1: is more a man is more attracted to a woman who has displays of health and reproduction. As the younger she is, of course, she's going to be more likely to be in the reproductive stage. So when she ovulates, the women that are younger they are still ovulating. She produces a sex attractant called copulins. So he's going to be more attracted to that. So that kind of makes sense where that comes from. Why she's attracted to him is that women tend to be more attracted to the alpha male, the big provider, uh, especially if she feels less like she's able to do it on her own. So that's why you said the financial that would make sense. Um, right. Men, the other way, though, actually works too and makes biological sense. So women that have been in a relationship for a while and they felt hurt. Um, they're less likely to want to get into another relationship. They're not willing to take that risk. So those are the women that tend to have relationships with younger men because those men are not ready to get into a relationship either. They don't want their testosterone to drop. They're not ready to commit, but they'd like a sexual relationship. So both of those, those that cougar relationship works too. Basically, it's a sexual relationship, and they're both, like, not worried about commitment. So um, those type of relationships can – Work on a biological level, um, I'm not exactly sure how well the, the, the cougar relationship doesn't convey into love as well, and I don't think that the the May in June or May and uh, December convey as love as well either because it's not based on really on love. It's more based on needs, so that makes it a little bit different.
0: Right, getting uh, needs met. Um, mm mm-hmm. Let's talk a little about one of the fundamentals of actually being able to have an authentic relationship and have it last. And of course, it has to do with loving yourself first. And you know, it's—I mean, we've had some hardcore relationship stuff out there through all media, great writings, great works, all kinds of media, readily available at your local bookstore now online, whatever it might be, for decades and decades and decades. Frankly. And of course, along comes a new crop of people who are dewy-eyed and don't know and tend to repeat these patterns. And in the case of not loving yourself, I guess you could say low self-esteem or whatever how How important is that, and what are ways to make to sort of do you have a self-esteem checklist?
1: Well, I do have a uh, I don't have a self-esteem checklist, but I do have a checklist for women before they get into a relationship because it's important to know what you want out of life before you get into a relationship. So if you, like, for example, I had this woman, she's like, I met this wonderful man. Um, We got into a relationship and I'm just trying to figure out how to make it work. And I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, well, I met him. We started dating and we got into a sexual relationship, but he's gone. I'm like, what happened? She goes, well, he's actually a yacht captain travel six months out of the year and I said well is that something you want in your life she's like no I want to get married and have children I want somebody that comes home every night so how can I fix this Mm -hmm. and my answer was you can't fix this you have to you got to decide what you want before you get into a relationship not just operate off of oh does this feel good you have to figure out if this is what you really want in a relationship because you can't change a guy you can't, you can't expect either one of the people to change. You have to decide if they're going to fit with you to begin with. That's where really healthy self-esteem comes from because in the beginning, it can be difficult when all the bells and whistles are going, your body's going, get them, get them, get them. You have to hold back and say, no, <laughs> is this the right thing for me? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, this, is this going to be what I want? The other thing is, you know, that amygdala I told you about, the sound, the alarm, it can be bigger in women that have had trauma. And that, that makes relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah. Healing. The bigger
0: pads are stepping on, isn't it?
1: Exactly. And the, re- the way you can shrink the, the amygdala is actually through meditation. And a lot of these self-love techniques can actually help you to reduce the anxiety that is present when you start dating. And that's one of the mistakes women make is the anxiety increases. And the way to sh- easy way to shut off the anxiety is to fall in love because your brain deactivates. So you jump right into a sexual relationship, bingo, you're in love, he doesn't fall in love, now you're desperately trying to hold on to him because now you're obsessed, and it really creates a bad scenario.
0: Do, do, do people, especially women I guess, still think that they can change someone after they get married, that they can change, that they're going to be different? And of course we know how that goes.
1: Yes, I, I don't know where we got this idea that if, if you really love me, you will change. You'll change. You know, if you really love me, if you really love me, you'll accept me. Of course you'll change for me. (laughs) Exactly. And I think (laughs) it may have – this may actually be biological a little bit because um, I think the role of most women is to kind of nurture and guide, especially when it comes to children. Um, So I think maybe we have a predisposition to try to guide and change a little bit. It just doesn't work when it comes to men. Uh, to grown-ups, I guess I should say.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. What are, what are, uh, fundamentals for, for your, your going to lower, uh, war, I mean, going to love, uh, toolkit for men and for women who want it to turn out differently? What are the, what are the priorities?
1: Well, one figure out what you want, you start dating, you take your time, you get to know them, then you fall in love, your brain comes back, that's when you start practicing love. And that's a couple years down the road. But this is the critical point where you start, you become a loving person. And that can be the challenge because oftentimes if we don't feel like we're getting love, I don't know where we got this maladaption from, but oftentimes people will pull back. They're like, you're not going to give me love, I'm not going to give you love. And next thing you know, it's like you're in the Arctic North. Nobody's, ha- nobody's having love. Somebody's got to step forward and, and be loving and realize that you're on the same team. And that's really where you make that connection. So like somebody's having a bad day, you don't react to that bad day. You give them compassion and love. You don't react to like the snip that they gave you, like why isn't the garbage thrown out or, you know, that type of thing. And the other thing, for women, he needs to really be a, your – Hero. When a man commits, I said his testosterone drops. If you nag or complain, it will continue to drop. It can can drop to the point where he gets into depression. And if it goes back up, and it can go back up when when you start fighting, if it goes up too much, it it has been found to be a predictor of divorce. Key is to keep it in the sweet spot where he feels appreciated but uh, not... Uh, where he feels appreciated is basically a sweet sweet spot. And if he if a man feels appreciated, he does anything for you. You don't. you will go through a brick wall, you won't he? Him. Yeah,
0: he'll do anything.
1: Exactly. He'll do anything.
0: Yeah, he will. And that's a secret, ladies. That I don't. It's not that big a secret, but apparently it seems to be sometimes. hmm And how does nagging work out, by the way?
1: <laughs> it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it usually, he'll do everything else except that one thing you asked and you nagged about.
0: Yeah, that light bulb just can't change itself, I guess. I don't know. It's <laughs> defiant. I, locked, I talked to the light bulb, and it doesn't want to change. <laughs> exactly. How do you change the light bulb? It doesn't want to change. Replace it with a spot oh,
1: The other thing for men they did a study where women became uh, less sexual. Women were having sexual dysfunction. And they were doing nasal oxytocin in one group, in placebo in the other group. And then they had the couple sit down and talk about their love life and um, do a journaling and stuff. And what they discovered is that the sexual activity increased and satisfaction increased in both groups. And they were like, what happened? Well, well because it wasn't necessarily the oxytocin, it, and the oxytocin actually increased in both groups because they sat down and talked. They communicated. So if you're if you're a guy and you're looking for more sexual activity and you want to heat it up in the bedroom, talk with her for a while. <laughs> That's the key. If she talk feels is connected, sexy. her oxytocin up. Yeah, exactly. Not necessarily sexy, <laughs> <Right>. though. <laughs>
0: Ba, 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 boom boom, boom, boom. Oh, baby. Let me read the horoscope to you. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> he likes it. That's good.
0: I know. They do. Let's talk about the truth about have, uh, happily ever after, your chapter nine, and about what are the components of authentic, enduring love
1: relationship? Well, that's kind of basic. what I just talked about is that the, the big main components when it comes to neurotransmitters are her oxytocin and his testosterone, but also dopamine. Dopamine helps keep that spark, that passion, that excitement going. So you need to do new novel things together. Um, and sometimes couples get to the point where, like, if you've got children, her oxytocin can get displaced to the children. So she's getting all of her supply from the kids. In fact, I think that's one of the reasons why we see couples after the empty nest syndrome they split apart is because the kids leave or oxytocin drops. She, they're not, she's no longer getting it from the relationship, so they, the relationship is over. That union together and keep that um, communication going, that can keep that relationship going. It, it looks like we are built to have a lifelong love, um, but we're also built The thing about when you fall in love, you produce neurotransmitters that actually increase brain neuroplasticity, helps you to grow. So even if the relationship ends, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We're able to fall in love over and over again. And each time we do, we keep growing as a person.
0: Hmm. Very good, Dr. Let's let people know how they can avail themselves of your service to help them, uh, you know, Falling in love, wondering where love is, how to maintain a relationship they have, or uh, really upping the tools they have available to them for all their relationships. Because love, love makes the world go round. And the same love and appreciation you have for your husband, when you give it to your children, it's a lot, you know, it can just change your relationships dramatically at work everywhere, really, with the world. I know that. Mm
1: So they can find me on my website at dawnmasler.com. I'm on Facebook at Dawn Masler, Twitter, Dawn Masler, um, Instagram, Don Masler, Pinterest, right. Don Masler. I'm all over the place.
0: <laughs> Look at you. You're everywhere.
1: <laughs> I'm everywhere.
0: And and some of the tools you have for people, coaching, seminars, so on, are there public events they can come to coming up?
1: Yes, I do. I've got actually I've got one tonight. I've uh, got a couple that are coming up. I'm in South Florida, so I've got a couple of shows that are coming up. Um, I do do coaching. I do coaching online and in person, um, and I will be having probably an online course. I do have some online courses, too, um, for, like, stopping and picking the wrong men, um, which is on Udemy, and I'll be having some more courses coming up in the future this spring.
0: Very nice. Actually, my guest uh, Monday, Dr. Kamran Hara, lives in Hollywood, Florida. I've been to her home. It's beautiful. What part of Florida are you in?
1: I'm, I, I know her. I was actually on a plane with oh. <laughs> her not that long ago. <laughs>
0: see? It's a big love fest on the Love Cafe. Everybody knows everybody here. There are no strangers.
1: <laughs> That's great. <laughs>
0: That's great. I think we may even have a question or a caller here. I'd love to give away this book to a caller. Let's see if we do. Uh, 202 area code. Hi, who's this? Uh, my name is Black I'm sorry you have to speak a little louder. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? That's much better. What's your name, please?
1: Black Gladiator.
0: Black Gladiator. And who gave you that name?
1: Your
0: mama. I oh, know. Okay. Black Gladiator, sorry, we ran out of time you caught a little late in the show. You don't get to co- copy of the book because you're a wise guy, Black Gladiator. Please, dude. Well, you're talking to Atlas, so there.
1: <laughs>
0: My Twitter's bigger than your Twitter. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> Black Gladiator, please. This ain't the hook-it-up line. This is about men chase, women choose. Try reading the information next time, black gladiator. Well, Dawn, on that happy note, it must be time to go before we get some more calls like that, right?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, I think we're over.
0: Keep it up. You can see there's a lot of work to do out there, Dawn, okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, that is Don. Dawn Masler and the paper deck edition now of Men Choose Women I'm sorry, Men Chase. Women Choose, the neuroscience of meeting, dating, losing your mind, and finding true love from Health Communications Incorporated books. Dawn, thank you so much for spending an hour of your precious time with me here in the Love Cafe.
1: Thank you for having me, Scott. My pleasure.
0: Have a great day, okay?
1: You too, thank you.
0: Okay, bye bye. Thanks to all the listeners out bye-bye. there. Stay tuned for more over 850 shows in The Love Cafe. Thanks for joining me in The Love Cafe community. Don't forget, join us on Facebook at Scott Cluthie's Love Cafe and sign up for the newsletter. Till next time, this is Scott Cluthie. Thanks again for stopping by The Love Cafe.